These are some quick ways to save. Obviously, if you were really looking at some major ways to save, you want to look at your housing, your transportation, your food. Those are the big spending areas. But if you're out of work, don't forget to apply for unemployment. So you have some money coming in to support you during these tough times. show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do two things. First, I'm going to share what expenses we can eliminate when our income drops from job loss, furloughs, or pay cuts. And after that, we are back with another interview in our mortgage-free segment. This month, we're going to be featuring Kevin Hooper from Oak Park, Illinois. He and his wife, Amber, paid off their mortgage in less than five years. And we're going to ask him why he made that choice instead of investing in the stock market. All right, let's jump into today's show. The global pandemic has been wreaking havoc on families across the United States. People are losing their jobs, getting furloughed, or taking pay cuts. I have spoken to friends, colleagues, former colleagues that are all dealing with these problems right now, and it is. It's a scary time, and there's no guaranteed end in sight. This can be an extremely frightening time for a lot of people across our country. With no income or a lot less income coming in, parents are looking for ways to save more money so they can survive this coronavirus season and protect their families. Some areas of savings can be immediate, and we're seeing these already, right? So we're staying inside. This quarantine order is telling us to stay inside. And a lot of us are spending less on fuel, oil changes, your gym membership, or daycare. You know, that big bill you used to spend on daycare. I mean, now you're the daycare provider, which is no good, but... Anyway, at least it provides you a little bit of savings, right? But even with these decreases, it's important for us to look for other areas to save as well, especially when we're running low on income. So I want to share with you 10 ways to save money when you're facing job loss or furloughs or just general pay cuts. Number one, save on credit card bills. When you lose your job or your income, a great place to save is with any high-interest credit card debt you might have. A lot of credit card providers are offering programs to help during this extremely difficult time. I talked about this a couple weeks ago with my friend El Martinez in our Thriving Families community. You guys can call your provider and describe your situation. You might be able to defer payments or reduce your overall interest rate, which is a great way to save. You know, during this global pandemic season, you may have to wait on hold a little longer than normal, but your patience will definitely pay off. Number two, reduce auto insurance payments. A monthly or semi-annual payment that can eat up a lot of your disposable income is your auto insurance. I know it definitely is in Michigan. We've got some crazy rates. So check in with your auto insurance provider, describe your situation, and let them know that you're not driving that much right now because of the quarantine season. A lot of providers, including mine, Progressive, they are offering a discount. My auto insurance provider, Progressive, is offering a 20% discount during the quarantine period of April and May, 
because people aren't driving that much. And it sounds like this is automatically going to hit my bill or, or I guess the opposite, unhit my bill <laughs> in order for me to save a little bit of money in April and May. So check with your provider, find out what programs they're doing. And if they're not doing any programs, put a little pressure on them to say, hey, Progressive's doing this, Allstate's doing this. See what they can do to help you save a little bit of money right now. Number three, change cell phone plans. No, don't get rid of your cell phone. You're, you're going to need that because you need to stay on top of what's going on. You need to look for a job. You need to stay in contact with your family. But do consider switching up your plan. Call up your provider and see if there's a way for you to save some money on your plan right now. Nicole and I did this and we switched to a prepaid or what's called a MVNO cell phone plan. We did that last year and it saved us about 30 bucks a month. Now that doesn't sound like a lot of money, but when you don't have a lot coming in, every little bit can help, right? So this is a great way to save on these larger monthly bills, especially if you have, you know, quite a few family members on that cell phone plan. Now, if you don't have a paid for cell phone plan, I'm not sure you're able to do the prepaid monthly deal, so you might have to work out another way for it to make sense for you. But either way, call up your provider and see what they can do for you. If they're able to save you a little bit of money, it's better than no savings at all. Number four, shop at a lower cost grocery store. So Nicole and I have been shopping at Aldi for a few years now. I know you guys have heard me talk about this a lot, but it's a great way to save money, especially as we're going to the grocery store, maybe a little bit more than we used to. We switched from Kroger to Aldi about a couple of years ago, and we saved about $300 per month on average. So overall, that netted us an extra $3,600 per year. That is a lot of money. We spent a lot on groceries. We've got a family. Some people have larger families. So consider that as part of your overall savings. When you're out of work or losing income, that amount of money can make a big difference. So consider trying out a new grocery store like Aldi or another one in your neighborhood and see if it makes a difference in your wallet during this really tough time. And while you're at it, make sure you're shopping with a list. I've noticed this about myself. We go into the store and maybe we feel like, well, I, maybe I need this. Maybe I need a four toothpastes, you know, like go in there with a the list of the things you need and walk out with the things you need. This isn't a time to shop extra or buy extra. You are in a situation right now where you need to be in control of your spending. Number five, put retirement savings on pause. If you've been saving for retirement through an IRA, it may be time to stop just for the time being. It's important to plan for tomorrow, and I'm all about that. You guys hear me talking about saving and investing a lot, but you want to make sure you can afford today first. Take care of your housing, your food, your utilities. These are the things that really matter right now. Having more money immediately available in a savings account is probably going to make you feel a lot more comfortable than having it in an investment account. That way it's liquid. That way you can get to it. So typically our family feels comfortable with three to six months of expenses in our emergency fund. But with this coronavirus craziness, we've been aiming for 12 months. That might seem like a lot, but you know what? I'm feeling really good with a lot more in the bank right now. Do what's right for you. If three months feels good, six months, 12 months, whatever feels good for you. I know a guy that is going to be on the show next week. He's got two years of savings. So do what's right for you and just make sure you've got some liquid money available for whatever's coming. We don't know what's coming. It's kind of wild right now. Number six, cut cable TV. Now you may be headed this way already, but cable TV can be expensive and 
probably unnecessary if you're on the hunt for new sources of income, right? And besides, everybody's got Netflix and it's great and it's very entertaining and it's a fraction of the price. So consider cutting your cable TV for a little while. You can even talk to your provider and say, hey, is there a way that I can put it on hiatus or suspend my service during this time? I'm unemployed or I've got my pay cut. What can we do? Again, a lot of these companies are looking to shore up their revenue. So talk to them and find out what they're doing to help you and keep you as a customer. Number seven, do a no spend challenge. Saving money isn't inherently fun for a lot of people. I mean, it kind of is for me because I'm a nerd, but challenges. I think a lot of people like challenges, right? So try making a game out of your reduction in spending by participating in a no spend challenge. These types of challenges encourage you to reduce or eliminate all unnecessary spending for a period of time. So this could be a week, a month, or maybe until you're back on your feet with steady employment. A friend of mine, Jen Smith from the Frugal Friends podcast, she used this method to pay off $78,000 of debt. If it could work for her, maybe it could work for you. Number eight, eliminate home-based services you can do yourself. If you had previously been paying for a cleaning service, a lawn service, or snow removal, it's time to cancel those services immediately. If you're physically able, this is work you can now do yourself to save some money. Let your trusted service providers, the folks you've been working with for a while, know your financial situation and tell them, I hope to hire you back soon. And with a little luck, you'll be back to work, making your income again, and you'll be able to hire them right away. Number nine, ask for a home energy audit. When Nicole and I were looking to save a little bit of money when she went from full-time employee to full-time stay-at-home mom, we talked to our energy company and we requested a home energy audit to make sure we were saving the most money possible with our electric bill. This call helped us receive 30 free LED light bulbs and we discovered areas in our home that were losing a little bit of unnecessary energy. So contact your home energy provider and again, ask them what they can do to help you during the season and ask for a free audit. If they don't provide the audit, just talk to them and say, hey, you know what? I've lost my job. I want to keep paying my bill. What can I do to get through the season? And what can you do to help me out? Those calls can make a big difference. Number 10, go down to one vehicle. A good friend of mine, he bikes to work every single day. Now, this might seem crazy to some, especially for those who live in the colder climates like I do, but this choice has allowed him and his wife to reduce their monthly expenses, and it's improved his health. So if you're a two-car family right now and you're not really using it and you maybe need to save some money, ask yourself if you could go with one vehicle for a little while. Selling your car could help you and your family through some tough times and reduce your overall stress during this coronavirus crazy quarantine season. All right, let's repeat those 10 ways to save some money when you're facing job loss, furloughs, or pay cuts. Number one, save on credit card bills. Number two, reduce auto insurance payments. Number three, change cell phone plans. Number four, shop at a lower cost grocery store. Number five, put retirement savings on pause. Number six, cut cable TV. Number seven, do a no spend challenge. Number eight, eliminate home-based services that you can do yourself. Number nine, ask for a home energy audit. And then number 10, go down to one car. 
these are some quick ways to save. Obviously, if you were really looking at some major ways to save, you want to look at your housing, your transportation, your food. Those are the big spending areas. But if you're out of work, don't forget to apply for unemployment. So you have some money coming in to support you during these tough times. That is what it's for. Additionally, the government has been sending out stimulus checks to help you as well. I've got a great article that talks about maybe what you could do with those stimulus checks based on your situation. So go to my website, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash blog, and you will find those latest articles right there. And if you're unemployed, think about using this money, this stimulus check money for your main essentials, your housing, your bills, and your food. You know, normally we'd add transportation into that mix, but again, transportation is kind of silly right now, right? We're not going anywhere, (laughs) but hopefully we'll all be back to normal soon. This extra work you'll do with these 10 areas is going to go miles in ensuring your family is safe. So let's go to work, right? All right. I would love to hear from you, everybody. What would you add to this list? What ways are you saving or what ways are automatically you saving just by us being in quarantine? Please join me and 750 other families in the Thriving Families Facebook community and share how you're saving money. You can do that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. I would love to hear from you. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high quality meats. And now we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, AKA the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Lately, it's been feeling a lot like the Great Recession over 10 years ago. Although it's really rough right now, I try to remember that after some rough times, there's going to be good times. And if we're prepared, we can capitalize and help our families thrive. An investment area that our family's considered lately is single family rentals. And Roofstock is a partner that makes that process a lot easier because they've got the first online marketplace created exclusively for investing in single family rentals. Not only does Roofstock provide you with research, analytics, and insights to make your next purchase, but they have an academy where you can learn how to invest in real estate the right way. The Roofstock Academy provides on-demand lectures, one-on-one coaching, and even credits toward purchasing your first investment. To learn more, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Roofstock. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Roofstock. R-O-O-F-S-T-O-C-K. Single family rentals just got a lot easier with Roofstock. We're facing some difficult times right now, my friends. Your family's safety and health are your top priority. The last thing you want to be worried about is your debt. That's why Debt.com is here to help. 
Debt.com is a nationwide leader specializing in debt resolutions and debt elimination. Through robust financial education and getting people matched with the right partners, Debt.com has helped over 500,000 Americans find relief with their debt since 2013, and they can help you too. Debt.com is offering listeners of the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast a free consultation with a debt resolution specialist. Take advantage of this offer and make a plan to pay off your debt and then keep the focus on your family. Go to debt.com slash MKM. That's debt.com slash MKM. Or simply call 844-505-3711. That'll help you connect with a debt specialist today. When life happens, turn to debt.com. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everybody. Let's jump back into the show. How would you like to own your home outright? What would it feel like to never make a mortgage payment ever again? On our mortgage-free segment today, we're going to interview Kevin Hooper from Illinois. He and his wife, Amber, recently paid off their mortgage, and he's here to tell us why they did it, how they did it, and what they are doing now with their extra money. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Uh, thank you very much, Andy. It's an honor to be on the show, and, and thank you for all you do to support others in the leadership role that you have in this movement. I really appreciate that, Kevin. Thank you so much. Let's talk about your story. What was your motivation for wanting to pay off this mortgage? Yeah, we just had this innate drive to be as debt-free as soon as possible. My wife and I were looking at a, a mortgage bill not too long ago and just started thinking, you know, looking at this amount that's due, if we really buckle down here, we can really get this paid off in much sooner than the 30-year window that it was initially set up for. So we just really wanted to have that comfort of knowing that we owned outright that home that, that we love, the one that we searched so long for and finally found right at the end before we're about to give up. And yeah, just knowing that even in the worst case, if something were to happen, we'd have that that roof over our head. So yeah, so that was the big drive. Well, that makes a lot of sense, Kevin. So when you guys were dreaming about not having a mortgage, thinking about not having a mortgage, what did that mean to you? What did you hope to have in your life when this mortgage was gone? Again, we, we were looking for that freedom. It absolutely killed us to see that interest portion of that payment. We were five years into our mortgage at the time, and still that interest wasn't down to where we were hoping it would be at that point even though we looked at all of those amortization tables before we got into the transaction. But yeah, I, we just wanted to think about our future and make sure that we had the freedom and financial independence to, to be able to make you know, decisions for ourselves down the road that, so that would make us happy and give us the flexibility for wherever our, our children decided to settle in in their lives, that we could be able to support them and, and be with them if that's something we wanted to do. I love that sentiment, man. That's great. So let's talk about when this idea came about. Did you bring it up? Did Amber bring it up? Whose idea was it to pay off the mortgage? Yeah, again, we, we I can't pinpoint exactly that the, the day or you know who blurted it out first, but we really did come to it together. But I think you know, the, the finance trained part of my brain here, I, I was in corporate banking as a credit analyst for a large multinational bank. So I have this finance trained brain to to evaluate you know, our, our different options. And even though, you know, the finance part of me was saying, you know, what, there's, there's probably some better ways we can get this money, you know, what we've built up working for us in the market and over 30 years, probably some way to, you know, increase those earnings, that kind of value side of our brain and emotional side really won over the day. So that's how we made the decision. That's incredible. Well, I'm sure that was probably a struggle for you, you know, making that decision to pay off the mortgage or invest. Was that a difficult time for you to make that decision? 
There was. And Andy, I got to tell you, I listened to your podcast about every single one of these episodes about this and would keep my pro and con list, you know, uh, growing uh, after each episode. And and again, at the end of the day, I just remember, you know, you, you shared uh, and many of your guests would share the same sentiment that, you know, we couldn't we couldn't ignore uh, that just that feeling of, you know, I don't like having this this liability hanging over my head. And, you know, this is money that we feel you know, we'd rather have in our house and and to be having having that secure part of our lives. So yeah, that's that's sure hard to put in a calculator, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's the ultimate intangible. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's talk about how you got it done. So, talk to me about when you bought the house, how you bought the house. Give me some of those details to fill in the blanks for everybody listening. Yeah, so we bought in December of 2015 here in Oak Park, Illinois, which is just west of Chicago. So real estate values are, are relatively high here as are property taxes. So not only in our community, but also in our, our state. But this is where we were born and raised in the Chicago suburbs. So being close to family was important to us. So that's one reason why we wanted to plant our roots here, but also the proximity to the city and to get there or to the suburbs or to your beautiful state of Michigan for our weekend trips or Wisconsin. So we live right by large highway systems, mass transit, I can walk to the train to get downtown or drive to the western suburbs to my job now. So yeah, it was really the perfect spot for us. And we found a community that, again, shared our values. It's a very, very strong sense of community here. We can walk to about six different parks. So we have a conservatory, a library, walking distance, restaurants, all that. So you pay for a lot, but you get a lot. And, and as far as public education goes here in our community, too, we knew that, you know, it was a big tax bill, but we're getting our money's worth. And this is the sort of a uh, high level public education we wanted for our, our kids. So all that said, you know, we did incur a pretty large mortgage, you know, for our home here, probably a, so the initial selling price of the home was $400,000. So we set a, a big goal for accumulating in January of 2020, we had a big goal to accumulate $285,000. So what that would have done for us, that would have paid the remaining ba- principal balance of the mortgage. But we would also then, that would include then a six month buffer for us for any emergency spending that would we would potentially have to dip into soon after the, the payment. So that's how we did it. We set the big goal of this, you know, 285, if we can get there, great. And then figured out on a month to month basis, what do we need to do with these mini goals to get there? And so we just looked at each of our biweekly pay dates. We, got, we get paid every two weeks on the same day and said, okay, what do we need to put aside each one of these Fridays as we make our Friday night pizza order? What also then can we transfer into our savings account to make sure we get to our big goal? <laughs> well, that made the pizza taste really good then, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So you said you accumulated this 285000 in what? Did you put it in a taxable brokerage? Did you pay down the mortgage each month? How did you guys do that? We were continuing to pay our standard mortgage along the way, but putting that 285 the savings towards that into a high yield online savings account. So nothing, nothing flashy, nothing fancy, just something that we've had along the way, but something that was just secure and because we knew we wanted this to be a short-term transaction. So I want to make sure it was there when we needed it. And yeah, that, that did the job for us. That's a really unique way to do things. So you built up the 285 in a separate account. I guess, why did you do that instead of you know paying down the mortgage each month? I think just for the flexibility, if something happened along the way that would have caused us to, for our plans to, to be derailed, we wanted to make sure we had access to it. So yeah, so that that's... We just were looking for that flexibility along the way. Yeah, I think that's really unique. You're building up the money and then having the option 
to choose what you want to do with it. You know, depending on what's going on with the economy, there's a lot going on with the economy right now. So having that flexibility of whether you want to pay off the mortgage or keep it as, you know, a big emergency savings. Yeah, that's a really unique way to do things. Yeah, it was kind of like our own little lockbox. You know, we knew it was put away, but yeah, it wasn't totally locked up. That's cool. That's cool. So talk to me about the process. Did you guys have to decrease your expenses during this time? Did you figure out a way to increase your income in order to make you hit this goal that you and your wife decided was a way to go for your family? Yes. Yes. So on the income side, my wife over that time, we had our two children and she was lucky enough. She has a, she works at another public school here in town that has an option for one year leaves. So she was able to take for the birth of each of our children a, a one year leave, which was great that we were able to and um, we felt very fortunate. We were able to support each other in that time and then give our little ones that, that one year home with with mom. Of course, that meant no income from her then during that for those two years over these past five as we were paying down this mortgage. So over the it's kind of been a, if you took a look at our, our family income then over these past five years, it looks like a roller coaster. But in that last this past year, then when she went back to work full time after the birth of our our second, that's when we really looked at each other and said, OK, you know, we're, we're now back you know, at full tilt here. We can really put the savings away and, and accelerate our path towards paying this off. So that was on the income side. And on the expense side, we just naturally have fairly conservative spending habits. Personally, like I do like to live by a plan, you know, a line item by line item, you know, sort of goal. And my wife is not naturally that that way. However, she kind of has her own natural restraints for, for spending. So we kind of did it in the reverse way, kind of how I explained. We knew what our ultimate savings had to be. And then I just knew that if we were getting close to or if we exceeded that in a month, then we kind of looked back and said, you know, where are we maybe, you know, being a little exorbitant here? Where where did we, you know, break our own rules at this time? So it kind of gave us some some personal freedom to still do the fun things that we like to do. And, you know, we weren't putting too much pressure on ourselves and, and those things that are really important to us that we might pay a little premium on, like healthy whole foods for our family, family vacations, putting investing back in our homes or doing home improvement projects, those things that, that mean a lot to us. We're, we were able to build that into our regular spending as long as we are tracking towards that net overall savings that, that we were hitting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you wanted to make sure you were controlling your expenses, but also make sure you're having fun today. Can you tell me a little bit about what your annual expenses are right now? So we understand typically what you might spend and that way people get a good frame of reference. Roughly 90,000. So, so it's about 50% of our, our after-tax income. And so that, again, really was kind of a nice round goal for us, too, to say, hey, listen, as long as we, our income continues at this level, you know, our combined after-tax income, this is the sort of you know, standard of, of living that we, we like and, maybe, and parts that we, we know we don't want to sacrifice. As long as we're staying true to that remaining 50, putting that away in the form of both savings, our 529s and 403Bs, then, then we knew that we were on the right track. So it was a way to still have checkpoints along the way without like really pulling our hair out or, you know, having, you know, uh, frustrating conversations or arguments around our role and our shared goal together. Yeah, no, I understand that. Were there any tough times along the way? Were there any arguments that you guys had? Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, it is, you know, the number one, you know, like cause of, of challenges and arguments in marriage. And that was not untrue for us either. So yeah, I like to support a local barbershop here. That's probably uh, double the price of our regular uh, haircut, which I'm, I'm missing going to right now in this, uh, <laughs> in the shelter in place. But, but yeah, so, you know, we definitely had those conversations again, as, as long as we were able to say, well, listen, you know, where can we find our compromise here each month? If we're still meeting the shared goal together, then 
you know, I can have my little treats and you can have yours too. So, you know, there's a delicious corner bakery and coffee shop that's right around her, her workplace. So, you know, some of those things that maybe were, you know, daily trips or daily little pick-me-ups along the way became maybe weekly when we were, you know, trying to really buckle down. You know, again, clothes and furniture and, you know, kind of standard shopping, you know, those are things that even naturally we didn't really, like we've, we've been pretty disciplined along the way here. We got married right after I graduated college. So our entire adult and financially independent you know, lives together, we've, we've spent together. So we've learned how to you know, navigate our financial futures together. And so we really don't know anything different. And so there's a lot of things that we kind of naturally settled into so that we can you know, remain happy on the same page and, and committed to, to our, our dreams together. Oh, I love that. So it sounds like you guys had this idea of here's what we need to have with regard to our expenses and here's some things we're able to cut. So it's a good way to have those conversations beforehand. You guys made those decisions. So let's talk about some of the details. So it sounds like you guys got the mortgage in 2015 and you were paying it off in 2020. Is that right? Yeah, January 2019 is when we said to each other, okay, like this is, you know, by, by this time next year, Let's get this done. Let's let's have let's pay it off and let's celebrate. So all of 2019 was really that year of, of socking it away. And then at the end of January 2020 is when we we said, you know, we've, we've hit our goal. So let's go in and make this a, a family event. My son he's about to be six, so he definitely is you know learning those early lessons of of, of personal finance. But we we thought, you know, what can we really do so that a six year old will really like remember this moment and can can be a formative, you know, lesson for him and something he can share with his his children and grandchildren someday. So we had conversations in the weeks leading up to it about, you know, what it means to buy a house, to take out a mortgage to assist in the purchase of that house and how responsibility needed to be to to maintain paying that along the way. And then when the day came to pay it off, we said, okay, you know, we can just do this online, do a big, big click and you know, celebrate at home, but let's make a thing of it. So there's a pretty historic bank downtown here in Oak Park that's right in the heart of the, the downtown and next to the movie theater and a couple of restaurants. And so, we, and his favorite, of course, Potbellies. So we went into the, the bank together and, you know, sat down with the banker and, you know, he was fascinated by the, the whole setup. And yeah, we had a little celebration in the bank and then, and then uh, raised a, a milkshake over at Potbellies next door. So that's incredible. I love Potbellies. And I think that's so cool that you did it with your son and he saw the process so that hopefully he can be inspired in the future to become mortgage-free as well. So talk to me about what you guys are doing with the extra money now. Yeah, so we're continuing to direct that to our savings, but then also increasing our 529 a bit. We are part of the Bright Start program here in Illinois, and they have incredible tools out there to, to calculate based on when you're starting for each of your children, the type of risk or level of risk you want to take with your funds, the level or the uh, interest that you anticipate and then what sort of institution you're hoping to enroll in. So then you can calculate based on certain levels of investment per month, then where will you be by the time that, that they need you know, those expenses for those four years. So what we've done is then you know, kind of calculate, we have my wife and I both went to University of Illinois, so a large public institution here, which at the time we went, the tuition was less than the room and board for in-state, which was, wasn't too long ago, but so, you know, how, how things have changed now. So, yeah, we're looking at, you know, 10 times factor for what our kids will be incurring by the time they're college ready. So those calculators and working with those over these past few weeks has been something else that we really decided is something that we want to invest more in. So take that money that otherwise would have been going to the mortgage and make sure those 529s are going to be ready, you know, come, come college. 
That's incredible. Yeah, you're going to build up those 529s and help your kids graduate debt-free. I think that's awesome. Avoid this whole student debt crisis. Well, what are you guys doing for the fun side? Is there anything you plan for or you're excited about with this new money? Having a little bit more fun? Are you guys hitting up the bakery a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we, uh, we, we snuck in our first family Disney trip here at the end of the year. Wow, yeah, just in time, right? Just in time. So very fortunate, had, had a blast. So yeah, so just making sure that we, we keep those family. We read an article in the New York Times a few years ago called 18 Summers. Have you read that one? I haven't read that one, but I've heard the term. I think it's fantastic. A guy named Jim Shields wrote a book called The Family Board Meeting, and he talks about the importance of taking advantage of those 18 summers. So yeah, I want to hear it from you. Sure. sure. Just basically, 18 summers is is the amount of time you have with each one of your, your children as you raise them at home. So before they go off to college. And you think you might have more years, but if it's a student like me, I would always do summer internships you know, out of state. Or, so realistically, you have 18 summers to make those, those special memories with your family. So that's something that, again, we, we don't, though we have a, a soft budget on what the total will be for each one of those trips each year, once around the vacation, you know, we know what that amount is. And then, you know, all of those ties kind of break away so that we can really relax and, and enjoy our time together. So so that's probably where we, we um, anticipate having a little more, a little more spending pop uh, now that that mortgage is gone. So oh, that's incredible. So you said you have a six-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter, almost three. Two-year-old daughter. Okay. So what did she think about Disney World? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Blew their minds. Yeah. So it was incredible. I got an eight-year-old daughter now and she wants nothing to do with princesses. So I'm glad you're enjoying it while you can. Hey, Andy, watch out though. It takes, I, I could have a second master's degree due to all of the planning and researching that I spent on this trip. I, if you need a, an itinerary or help with research, let me know because it is not an easy test. <laughs> oh my God, you are right. It requires so much. We did so much research before we went. The fast pass calculation, it is just, it's a lot of work, but you know what? We end up having a lot of fun. I could do a whole podcast on that. No joke. That's right. That's right. The models, you know, mirrored the same ones I was using back at the bank. Kevin, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. There, there's somebody listening right now and they're saying, well, you know what? I would love to be mortgage free in the future. I do have an essential position right now or I'm still have my income going and I would like to keep hitting this goal even amongst this coronavirus season. What is one step this person should take in order to make this dream of being mortgage-free a reality? You know, really just keep it simple and focus on your family. I think there's a lot of social pressures out there and a lot of forces out there that are working to take you away from your money. <laughs> and so as you're working towards your individual goal, just keep asking yourself, is this really making me happy when I make a purchase, when I, when I invest, when I save? Is this making me happy? And if the answer is yes, you're on the right track. Kevin, this has been great. Thank you so much for being here. Where is the best place for people to connect with you? I know we have the Thriving Families Facebook community where you guys can chat with Kevin there or chat with a lot of other families, 750 other families about their path to mortgage freedom. And you can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. But Kevin, if somebody wants to contact you, what's the best place to do that? Absolutely. You can email me at my personal email, which is hoopkev at gmail.com. Excellent. Excellent. Kevin, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Andy. Good work. Take care. Mortgage freedom for the Hooper family means more than ever right now. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Kevin Hooper. Number one, make one gigantic payment if you want to. 
Kevin's choice to save up their money in one big account gave his family some flexibility. If for some reason they didn't want to pay off their mortgage anymore, they then had a choice with that money. In the end, they made the decision to pay it off. But having the choice is definitely a smart way to go. Number two, the numbers don't always tell all. Just because Kevin could have made more money in the stock market doesn't mean that was the right decision for his family. As we're seeing lately, the stock market can go up and down and it's a little crazy. The sure bet of never making a mortgage payment ever again was something Kevin and Amber just liked a little bit more. Number three, help your kids have a better future. With no mortgage payments, Kevin is now focusing on helping his kids go to college without the burden of debt. They are saving in 529 college savings accounts and taking advantage of compound interest. With a little dollar cost averaging and some luck with the market being a little lower right now, the Hooper kids will graduate debt-free and keep this legacy of wealth building for their future family. Kevin, thank you so much for sharing your big family win with us. I wish you and your family the best during this quarantine season. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and thanks again for motivating us to hit our big goals now or in the future as the economy swings back in our favor. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. My friends, I would appreciate if you could connect with me on YouTube. I am growing my channel and having a lot of fun there. If you want to see my interview with Kevin and a lot of other videos, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash YouTube and please hit the subscribe button. That would mean a lot to me. Again, that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash YouTube. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, my son Calvin is going to end the show with a quote today from Jay Cole. The good news is nothing lasts forever. The bad news is nothing lasts forever. That's awesome, buddy. Thank you for sharing that. All right, pal, for the good and the bad, this too shall pass, right? Mm-hmm. All right, one, two, three. Carpe, Carpe diem! diem.